Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. We are a weekly Columbus-centric podcast focusing on the civics, lifestyle, entertainment, and people of our city. I'm your host, Tim Fulton. This week, sours, IPAs, and stouts, oh my. Columbus Underground reporter Dan Whalen has only been a Columbusite for two years, but he's immersed himself in the local brewery and beer scene. We sat down to discuss the quality, diversity, and unpresumptuous nature of our beer scene, how folks can explore their palate, and the trends making head in Columbus. You can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Also, The Confluence Cast is on Patreon. Find out how to support this podcast on our website, theconfluencecast.com or at patreon.com slash confluence. Enjoy the interview. Sitting down here virtually with Dan Whalen, the beer columnist for Columbus Underground. Dan, how are you, sir? Doing well. Thanks for having me. No, absolutely. Absolutely. We are here talking about what is happening in the beer and bar scene in Columbus, Ohio, and what trends are happening in the space also how folks can be better consumers of beer just to lend a little credence to you dan can you talk us through your background and what brought you to columbus underground sure i'm a cookbook author and food blogger at the website thefoodinmybeard.com i've been doing that for 15 years and i moved to columbus a few years ago and have been digging deep into the beer scene because i came from boston where there's a very robust uh, brewery and beer scene there. So since I've been Great. here, I've been checking out all the breweries. I even worked at Land Grant for about a year. And when Columbus Underground was looking to write more about beer, I was first in line with my hand up to kind of just, I guess, experiment, experiment with my writing. I write mostly recipes uh, and I wanted to dive into something different and kind of just map out what I had been doing in my head for the past two years. Gotcha. The website, first of all, what kind of recipes are you putting there? I make, I'm known for mashup cooking where I take two different recipes and make one new recipe out of them. And I do a lot of comfort food and really just like, I don't know, things that make you happy at the end of the day, stuff that you probably only want to eat like once a week or a couple times a month because it's that kind of uh, food that you need to do a, a jog or a workout after. But uh, it's what <laughs> is really exciting to me. And my most recent recipe is uh, cookies that use Amaro liqueur as like a sort of filler in between two sandwich shortbread cookies. So that's the kind of gist mm. of it, like something you wouldn't expect, this bright, bitter sort of paste in between a sweet cookie. Gotcha. And do you have a formal background in culinary arts or anything, or is this just a passion of yours? Just a passion. I went to school for computer science and started a website as like a side project during my first job out of school. And it started to take off and I really had a lot of fun doing it and was really just cooking and posting on the website to remember what I was making. And then after a few years, like it kind of just took off. People were liking it and I was able to be full time with it about, I don't know, eight or 10 years ago. Oh, that's great. So you literally turned your passion into a job. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, 
that millennial sort of monetize your side hustle mentality. I've been doing it for a while, but um, then I had to find new sort of side passions because once yeah. that becomes your job, it it kind of like takes a little bit of fun out of it. I'm, I'm exaggerating because I have a great time doing it every day. Cool. Very cool. And we'll link to you, your author page on Columbus Underground, but can you talk about some of the things you've written about up to this point for them? Sure. I've been doing it for, I do one a month. And so it's only been four, four articles so far. I wrote about what the difference is between the different seventh sun locations. So, um, getaway and, uh, antiques on high sort of like what you can Mm -hmm. find at each location. Uh, I've written about my most recent article was where to buy beer besides the breweries or like sort of a gift guide, I guess Uh, it's that time of year. Okay. If you want to buy like gift cards or merch from the different breweries or sort of special holiday packs that some breweries have, but also mm-hmm. what local stores have like a really good selection of local and uh, national options. And what are some good stores that have selections of? Local I really and like options? the uh, the Kenny Road Beer Zone by uh, that's okay where I just um, neighborhood I sort of just moved to. They have a crazy selection, and it's it's like an unassuming sort of. Uh, little convenience store and there's just wall to wall of these big uh, sort of national they call them hype beers sort of like the things that the people the beer nerds are talking about <laughs> okay um, and then there's perfect pour um, in Dublin that's a really great spot with also like they're very helpful and they'll they'll get you sort of what you want got it like basically if you don't see something here we're happy to order it in for you or more just like if you're not sure what, what you're looking for, like who you're buying for, what you want to do, they kind of will run down their, their newest uh, additions and the, they have everything organized really well by, by different types of beer. Gotcha. What do we see coming down the pike in Columbus in terms of new breweries or expanding ones? Basically, what's the landscape right now? Sure. I mean, we have the, our established sort of big players that have been around maybe seven, eight, ten years, um, like the Land Grant, Seven mm-hmm. Sun, Wolf Ridge, that kind of thing. Then we have the um, sort of newer places that have been popping up. And like you said, the expansions, Jackie O's um, is, has been selling beer, but they're actually opening at some point soon, I guess. And uh, mm-hmm. a brewery that I'm really excited about, actually, it's in Newark, um, is called Dank House. Not sure if you've heard of it. Okay. Uh, but they have mm-hmm. they do all that really trendy type of beer like strong stouts and and hazy IPAs and and that kind of stuff and I've gotten it at a few of the look the store locations that I've just mentioned but I'm I'm excited to take a trip out there uh, next week probably and and actually check it out very cool and this is sort of higher level right like we are not a I don't think and you can tell me if I'm wrong known for our beer scene i think we're getting there having you know in six months we'll have half a dozen different unique local breweries here if we don't already can you talk through what the sort of trends that we're seeing i was telling you before we started recording i had my first sour beer on on a microphone talking to i think the wolf's ridge brewers and that was four years ago it felt super new at that time but certainly the sour train isn't stopping the IPA train just talk through sort of what you're seeing as the quote unquote hype beers right now. Sure. So, I mean, sours and IPAs aren't going anywhere anytime soon and they're still kind of like the, Mm -hmm. 
I would say like the prestige or like the flagship beers of a lot of places. Uh, some that have come up in standing in the past few years are the sour beer that has a lot of fruit in it. Uh, it's kind of like a milk okay. milkshake. Uh, it's not that sour. It's more sweet. It tastes like drinking a smoothie. Uh, those have been pretty trendy lately. And then uh, a stout that is strong, but also has like flavors added. It's kind of like you're drinking dessert. Um, they'll put like all sorts of chocolate and pretzels and whatever else in there. So those are, um, okay. I guess those are like the main trends. And I think to touch on what you're saying about Columbus not being maybe known for uh, for beer, but mm-hmm. one thing that was interesting to me coming from Boston, where you have to sort of like go to these special breweries and stand in line for an hour before you get the different types of beer. The beer scene mm. here is super approachable and it's not as, I guess, exclusive. It feels more welcoming, uh, particularly like I said, I worked at land grant full disclosure, but their sort of premise, their whole premise and mission is, is a beer for everyone. Right. So like Mm -hmm. they open up their, their space and stuff and they say, everyone try this beer. We have something that everyone can have ever. We'll help you. We'll, we'll teach you um, what we make and all that stuff. And I think that's a common trend amongst places in Columbus in general is like, you don't have to be some expert. You don't have to be like standing in line for the best beer. No one's going to make fun of you. Just drink what you like and you can probably find it at a lot of these breweries because they make a lot of different types of things that are approachable. Mm. What are the ones, and again, full disclosure, land grant, but who? what are the ones that each individual brewery is known for? Like what does Seventh Sun want to be known for in terms of their beer, land grant, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think list. what's nice about Seven Sun too is they each location is like something different. So the the new location is more about uh, about like international styles, and then mm. the antiques is more about the sours. And their original location is more just like what you'd find at most breweries, IPAs, and everything. Um, so I think there is a few sour specialized uh, breweries around here, but I think most of the brewers are trying to. Uh, have a wide variety and, and be something for everyone for sure. Gotcha. And that, that goes back to the accessibility thing. Right? Exactly. And I, I really love that. I mean, I'm, I'm driving to Massachusetts for, for Christmas and you know, I'm going to stock up my, my car with beer, but I need to be strategic and like hit these places at certain times. So I'm not wasting my whole time there in hour long lines or like fighting beer nerds to get the, the special. <laughs> Well, and I know I've seen like when Hoofhearted opened their restaurant collaboration in Italian Village, you would see every couple weeks that they would do a beer release, whereas previously these folks were going up to Marengo and getting it. We don't really see that, right? Like we don't see folks standing out at 11 a.m. on a Saturday because this new beer that's in limited release is happening. It's not, um, it's basically not generated that way is my understanding. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was talking about. Like it, it is nice. Um, and I will say, speaking of Hoofhearted, I do think that they create beers that are on that national level. And I think they're one of the only places in Columbus that, that does that. Uh, I think mm-hmm. they can hold their own against a lot of national breweries. And I, I think it's interesting that people aren't lined up there more, to be honest. And I didn't know that mm. the people were lining up because I, I've only been here for a few years, but I've had good luck just walking in and getting whatever I want there. Yeah. Well, and what I'm talking about is when they do like a bottled release, 
you'll see the the as you reference the quote unquote beer nerds lined up around the corner in order to get it and take it home, not necessarily on-premise consumption. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say to somebody who's sort of trying to explore their palate a little bit more in terms of first of all understanding how different beer is made and then secondly how to think about things that like oh, I don't like this sour, but maybe I should evaluate this one. Like what's a good is it just taste a lot of different things and have an understanding of it? Yeah, for sure. But also like there is strategies to to help, you know, um, obviously okay. you just have to taste it all. Uh, but I think everything is pretty nicely labeled. There is a lot of like of of uh, like learning to be done at breweries here, which is nice. It's not just like you go to certain breweries sometimes and it's just like, here's 17 IPAs and we're not going to tell you what the difference between them is, but you just have to choose mm-hmm. one. Uh, you know, here it's nice because there's a lot of breweries that will tell you like what is going on in each beer. And I think uh, of course going to the breweries and of course getting um, a flight is going to always be helpful because you can go back and forth between the different beers and be like, this, you know, has these sort of flavors. This has these sort of flavors. I like this one better Then maybe you ask and say like, what makes this Pilsner different from this Pilsner? And they can tell you, and then you can know next time you're going to a place uh, that's the sort of style that I am gravitated towards more. Yes, you can do the tasting thing and sort of have a good understanding. You know, I think there's a limited knowledge base depending on whether you're talking to a brewer, a bartender, a server, even a hostess, somebody that's working the retail up front. Is there a resource you would point people towards to understand what are the varietals of Pilsner's IPAs, stouts? How can they sort of you know, self-educate. Sure. I think, uh, I mean, I, I really do think tasting it is like the best way you're going to get there, but I'm sure you can find some sort of like infographics that will like teach you kind of the different styles. But also mm-hmm. the, the trouble is like everyone's taste is different. Um, mm-hmm. So someone's going to taste a beer and say like, I'm getting notes of like walnuts in here and you can taste and be like, you're crazy. I don't know what you're talking about. So that's why, mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes, you know, you'll go to like, even at a coffee shop or something and the, the coffees are listed with that thing, like dark cherry, dark chocolate, and you taste it and you're like, I, I'm getting coffee. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So re- sometimes those resources, they can be more like, uh, more like too deep in, in it when you're just a mm. beginner, you know what I mean? Um, and just tasting it uh, can help a lot. And also speaking of stouts, I think a lot of people are scared of it because like it's, okay. it looks, it's so dark that it looks like he- going to be a heavy, like ridiculous beer. Right. But a lot of times they can be lighter and they can be more approachable to people than these like, super aggressive IPAs that everyone's drinking. Hmm. And do you, how do you think brewers are thinking about what comes next? Is it that they are trying to replicate something that has been done in the past or that seems successful other places? Are they simply trying to be unique in their style of like, let's try this if it works great. I'm just super curious how that process goes. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, it's a balancing act right now. I mean, there's so many breweries for one. So like people are just trying to like carve out their own space. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think there's been, 
since the onslaught of the New England style, like hazy IPAs, there has been probably five or six different styles where people are like, this is the next big thing. And then they just kind of fizzle out. You know, I don't think that that style is really going anywhere since it's dominating the market so much. Mm -hmm. And I know from working at Land Grant, a lot of people would say, why do we have five hazies on our menu at all given times? Well, it's because they sell, like people are buying them. And so you have to have them, you know? (laughs) And do they, I mean, in your opinion, do they have, can you have five hazy IPAs that have distinct tastes or is it similar to Bud Light and Miller Light? Not to make like, hey, yeah, those obviously taste slightly different and people have a preference. No, I know what you mean. But do you believe that it is enough of a difference to warrant that taking up that, first of all, tap space, but also the, the brewing space? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, I think there's enough subtle differences. I mean, if you think about it, there's, I, I don't know, countless hundreds of thousands of hazy IPAs produced in America, like different ones in mm-hmm. the United States, right? I'm sure there's like enough similarities, but everyone thinks they have their own sort of formula on it. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think that if the demand is there and there's enough differences, then yeah. I mean, you can see just looking at the color when you pour them, there's some that look more like orange juice and there's other ones that are more like almost that pale sort of like grayish yellow. And then Mm -hmm. some are more like a little more clear and just all the different flavors. And then some are a lot stronger. Some are more on the pale ale side versus the double IPA side. So yeah, there's, there is enough differences. And if you're wondering and you go to a place that has, five different ones and you do that um that flight of them then you'll you'll definitely see the difference Mm -hmm. and taste it too i imagine for sure do you have any recommendations for our local brewers bars and bottle shops basically in terms of how they can better educate their customers or things trends that you have witnessed outside of columbus or nationwide or read about that columbus is not picking up on yet Uh, I think, well, for bars, to me, I feel like I see the same stuff on tap everywhere. I do wish there was a little more um, variety. Mm -hmm. And it's not even just the same breweries, but like it's the same beers from the same breweries, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do wish, again, it's all about making money. So it's hard to put some oddball beer on the menu when when you're not sure if people are going to buy it, right? Right. I think, I don't know. I mean, when it comes to the difference, what I'm looking for when I, when I go back home to Massachusetts and here, I can get a lot of the same stuff here and the same quality. It's just, that's like where they've been doing it for so long. That's kind of where it originated. Mm -hmm. So when I go back, um, you're kind of tasting the sort of more cutting edge versions, I guess, that Mm -hmm. have trickled down to here. But there's amazing breweries here with amazing food that I, that I go to all the time that I'm just really excited to to try all the time. So I don't, I think just continually innovating and, and trying their, everyone's on a good track here. I, I, I don't have anything bad to say and I've been pre- pleasantly surprised ever since I, I got here. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear it. Is there anything else you think we should cover? I just think people get out, go to the brewery. I, it's can be my favorite um, activity. You know, I think try, I've, I've really loved Nakichera. We haven't mentioned them. Okay. Um, the Gemma Beer Garden has like a, a lot of different styles and they're 
They've been nationally recognized a handful of times. And, you know, it's not really patio weather, but the patio there mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm going to head out to Dank House next week and, and try that out. But I'm always just trying to check out new things. And I think um, that is what will spur more innovation and modernization amongst the breweries because mm-hmm. if people if there's an audience for it then people then they'll keep making new things because at the end of the day it is sort of about making money obviously these folks have right. a passion in the space but they need to be able to put food on their own tables as well i want to give you dan an opportunity to answer the two questions that i ask everyone at the end of interviews first of all what do you think columbus is doing well and i think we can leave beer and and brewing outside of this answer but what do you think columbus is doing well and what do you think columbus is not doing so well uh well from my sort of outsider Mm -hmm. perspective i guess there's a lot of things i love one thing is just nice people Mm -hmm. um compared to new england Uh, you can tell when you get you know when you get to the gate at the airport for that's heading to columbus the just change in, (laughs) in tone and demeanor uh, no one's like kicking you to get you out of the way. It's, you kind of like walk to, up to the gate. You're like, I'm already home now. Right. Um, and then also compared to Boston, just uh, getting around town um, here, like you would drive an hour to to get three miles away um, in Boston. So mm-hmm. I like the accessibility and stuff here, which is really nice. Uh, it's hard for me <laughs> to to really criticize, I guess, okay. um, as an outsider. I don't know. I mean, I would, I'm constantly impressed, like I said, by the beer scene and the food scene here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes maybe I wish there was more, there's like a, a missing tier of restaurants sort of like there's incredible food that's like really casual. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a lot of like more higher end or places that take themselves really seriously. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was more. Um, I mean, we're, we all point to, uh, I feel like everyone points to Chapman's as like, an incredible sort of like nationally recognized restaurant and i think they hit that that perfect sort of casual vibe with the absolutely incredible food Mm -hmm. and i feel like there's not that many restaurants here that hit that like sweet spot in between casual relaxed and like incredible food without sort of moving up into like the fancy level. Yeah. Do you know, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. They're like just a little bit more, there's certainly a diversity, but you're talking about like the mid accessible entry tier. Right, right. That also has like the, the experience and food that's on like a next level. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Dan, thank you so much for your time. Thank you too. And um, if you guys want to check me out at TFIMB on social media, which is the initials of my website, The Food and My Beard. Will do. And I'll link that in the show notes too. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Confluence Cast presented by Columbus Underground. Again, you can get more information on what we discussed today in the show notes for this episode at theconfluencecast.com. Please rate, subscribe, share this episode of the Confluence Cast with your friends, family, contacts, enemies, your favorite brewer. If you're interested in sponsoring the Confluence Cast, get in touch with us. We can be reached by email at info at theconfluencecast.com. Our theme music was composed by Benji Robinson. Our producer is Philip Cogley. 
I'm your host, Tim Fulton. Have a great week.